Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy Monday. You know, I hope your weekend treated you well. Mine was much needed. I got home on Thursday from Chicago, and then Friday, turned around, drove three hours down to Greensboro to get my car, and then immediately drove three hours back. So that Saturday and that Sunday were everything to me. Um, But I'm so excited to be back to work today, back to the office, just kind of in my normal routine. I want to share with you the three good things from last week. Number one is, um, this is so nerdy, but laughing out loud, I put on the list because I've been tracking it is part of my like, I'm doing a little bit of a habit tracker right now, keeping it really light, low pressure. But one of the things is is laughing out loud. And how often do I laugh out loud in a week? Which was so easy when I was in Chicago because my friends Tyler and Eric make me laugh more than almost anyone I know. And so it felt really good to be like, okay, nearly every day. But there have been weeks where I might laugh out loud like one day that week. And I'm not talking like, <laughs> like a little giggle to myself or a polite laugh. I'm talking like laughing from your core where it just feels like uncontrollable, genuine, heartfelt laughter. And I feel like this has got to be one of the most important things we can do for our like mental health is like genuinely enjoying a good laugh. And I'm just like not as socialized I used to be when I was younger and like getting a good solid gut laugh doesn't happen quite as often. So I'm really cherishing the ones that are here. The second good thing is baristas. I think anyone in the service industry falls into this. Just, I think it's an undervalued position. And I was thinking about how there are times in my life where I didn't know if I mattered to anyone, you know, or that like my presence was important at all. And just being a regular at a coffee shop would offer me this sense of someone knows I exist. Someone thinks I matter. Someone, you know, those really friendly baristas, not even like overtly aggressively friendly baristas like I was when I was a barista, but more like just having someone who sees you every day and knows that you exist. And I think that's an undervalued role in society because I cannot tell you how many times that I've just been having a really terrible day or I'm, you know, really doubting a lot about being a person and having a barista just check in on you and be like, how are you doing? How's your life? Can mean the world, you know? And I think about even my like barista at my coffee shop across the street who asks me what I read every day that he, that they're working when I'm working. And that's so precious to me and it's such a small little act but it makes me feel like I have a connection and and some days I'm going through it I'm in the thick of it 
you know? And just having someone who's like, oh, what are you reading today? It It's really special. And I think it's under, it's almost invisible labor that contributes so much to other people that we don't acknowledge. All right, moving on to point three. Third good thing is Diane Keaton. <laughs> First of all, she's, she's just magical. And quite frankly, my fashion goals. But I went through Trader Joe's this morning to grab something for lunch on my way to work. And one of you works there. Um, and you were telling me or she was telling me that um, she was that I came in, but also that Diane Keaton came in. And, and, and in nowhere are Diane Keaton and I in the same hemisphere. But um, I just thought it was such a precious thing to be like, Diane Keaton came into my Trader Joe's today. And it felt... Um, fun to share that moment with her of like, I just saw Diane Keaton. And um, that reminded me that we need a name for our community. You know how podcasts will like name their listeners? I think like we can do hard things. They call them the pod squad. Um, I feel like there would be like a fun name for us because I don't like saying one of you. I would love a name. So if you have ideas for a name that I could call y'all, our little community, please let me know on Instagram because I would love to share that. I would love to like pick up a name for y'all. I thought about like Enneagrammers, but I don't know if that's quite it. Um, so I feel like there's something, I feel like there's something out there and I'm just not thinking of it. So please let me know. And in terms of what I'm learning this week, I feel like this one's a vulnerable one for me and I don't know why, but I feel a little bit shy about it. I don't know. I think I think it's because one of the things that I do really well and one of the things that I teach really well is coming up against this thing I'm learning about myself and something that I want to adjust and shift in my way of being. So it's a little uncomfy. But I've been thinking a lot about cortisol levels lately. Um, I'm really just navigating the effects of trauma on my body and how, you know, healing trauma affects my physical health and kind of unrelated to what we're talking about, but it spurred this conversation. And if you don't know, cortisol is a stress hormone released by your adrenal gland that helps support you during stressful periods, but we can have like an imbalance. Like some people can overproduce stress hormones and people can underproduce and people with uh, CPTSD, like your girl, um, can have typically have kind of an off balance cortisol from what I understand. I am in no way an expert on this. I'm just kind of something I'm aware of for myself. Um, so in this process of kind of exploring that, I had kind of a aha moment on Saturday. Um, because here's the thing. I get an insane amount of stuff done in a day. And I've always known this. I didn't realize that like it was as abnormal as it is um, until really like until this marriage with Obes and being on the internet, sharing so much on the internet and having people kind of message me and then being in therapy and describing my life to my therapist and her being like, that's too much. Um, that like this thing that like I am able to do, which to me feels like a magic trick. Like I can just get it done. Whatever it needs to get done in a day, I can get it done. It doesn't really matter how long the list is. I'll make it happen. I can get it done. And 
this is something that I really like about myself, something that I'm very attached to. I've done so much work on this over the years, like, you know, where I was back in 2012 is completely different than where we are now. But I have mostly been like focusing on structure and routine and, and systemizing and automating things and, you know, learning to let things not be done and all of that. But I just had this like really intense realization, which is that I do this by almost like flipping a switch in my brain. And I think I what I'm doing is I'm turning on my adrenaline. I really think I'm just like activating my adrenaline to do things because what it feels like is I just kind of like go, it's time to be energetic now. And I just like flip a switch and then I just pound out the work. And this can look like anything. Like this can look like washing dishes, baking bread, even my hobbies, right? I can like engage from this place of like onto the next, onto the next, onto the next and high energy. Um, and even on my Saturdays, I do this, I can like feel the difference. Like I will be in my pajamas in the morning and be all cozy. And then when I decide it's time to activate, I will like put on my workout gear, wash my face, and then it's time to go. And I will just like stay on my feet all day long until I crash. Now, here's the thing is I can tell an intense difference at the end of the day on days that I rely on stress and adrenaline to get my task list done. I am like irritable and grumpy and exhausted and like frustrated. I feel like much more resentful. And then on days where I don't do that and I just kind of let it be a reasonable day and work at a reasonable pace. Like I feel grateful for the tasks that I'm doing. I feel more present in the tasks that I'm doing and I don't have as much like need to recoup. You know, I kind of like have more left to give and here's the thing that I've kind of struggled with is that I know some people in my life and people that I've worked with in the past who need to support activating a bit of healthy stress, right? So like a lot of times people are like, I just want to like live a really nourished, relaxed, easeful life, but I also want to write a New York Times bestseller. And the, the truth of the matter, in my opinion, is that that doesn't exist. That world in which you have like this perfect, easeful, pleasurable life, but also somehow make a lot of money, have a lot of success and meet all of your goals without stressing yourself out. I just don't think that exists. And I don't want to be like a naysayer, but also like there is a degree of healthy stress that comes with meeting our goals that is just inevitable. Like doing amazing things is hard and doing hard things is stressful. So there's some degree of like reality check, right? Of like, if I want to do something, it's going to be hard. And especially if it's something I've never done before, it's going to be particularly hard. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be potentially overwhelming and debilitating at times and extremely scary. And we can still do it, right? I can live a perfectly peaceful, easeful life and 
I'm still going to have the stress of potentially not having money or because we live in a capitalistic society and that's like the realities of what we're working with here, you know, unless you were like independently wealthy or inherited a lot of money from your family or, you know, just have like a in lifetime worth of savings, like life is going to have some stress in it. And so there are some people who I've worked with or who I, you know, I've known who it's like embracing healthy stress is the goal. It's like, yes, we love pleasure. We love ease. We love rest. And sometimes we get to choose the stress that is going to help us to get where we want to go. Right. And so that being said, I am the opposite, right? Where I'm like on the other end of the spectrum, which is like stress, chaos, change, so comfortable and easy for me. Like that comes the most naturally to me, doing things, taking action, the stress that comes with taking action, the stress that comes with big risks, all of that comes easy to me. It feels very natural. It may not always feel comfortable, but like it's a discomfort that I understand. The discomfort with rest and pleasure and ease, a little bit harder. You know, that I have to work toward. That takes more energy for me. And so, and this makes sense with the Enneagram. We have like our withdrawing types, which are action repressed. We have our assertive types, which are action forward. That's three, seven, eight. Withdrawing types are four, five, and nine. And then we have our types who are like six, one, and two, which are much more like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it and may struggle to moderate energy based off of the expectations of others. So that's just something to keep in mind. That being said, I am practicing getting what I can get done without flipping my stress switch. So this weekend, I wrote my to-do list on Saturday morning, had a mini panic, little minty bee, um, just kind of like, how am I going to handle the day? This is a lot. I am so exhausted from travel and but I still need to get these things done. And I wrote the list and I was like, what if I just don't activate my stress switch and I just do what I can do and let that be enough. And y'all, I got through about half of that list over the course of two days. What I would normally get done in a single day, I got done in less than half in two days. It, it's just a lot less productivity. And I felt infinitely better. I felt like so relaxed and rejuvenated. I felt like I made some progress on the things that mattered, but I also like didn't put too much pressure on myself and I loved it. So it's kind of like what I what I say to my type eight clients, which is just leaving a little bit in the tank at the end of the day, you know, having a little bit of reserves left over instead of completely depleting myself before the day ends. And that's what I'm aiming for. So if you are an assertive type, maybe that's for you is just like, or even a compliant type who struggles to not take action as well. I would encourage you this week to say like, what would it feel like to have a little bit left in the tank at the end of the day? What if I didn't operate from my stress place and I just got done what I could get done? And for my lovely withdrawing types and for my compliant types who maybe are on the other end of kind of like burnout or maybe recovering, what would it feel like to embrace a little bit of good stress in order to get to where you want to go? And for my compliant types to prioritize your wants and your needs and your objectives, how would it feel to embrace a little bit of healthy stress 
this week in order to make some progress. And now let's get into a little bit of our coffee chat, our prompts that we check in with every Monday. So last week for me, again, I was in Chicago. Um, I was with two of my dearest humans. I've known them for like 16 plus years. And I just really went there to visit them. I worked from there. I lived there with them for the last, you know, five days or so, four days, several days, and just got to like be in their presence, which is all I could have asked for. I had my first sessions with my new coaching clients. I'm obsessed with all of them. I'm so thrilled. Everyone who signed up is definitely the right ones for me. And then we had a whole car fiasco that we had to deal with. So when we went to Raleigh for spring break with our kiddo, my car broke down. So we rented a car, we sent my car to the shop and it took a full week. So I was in Chicago the whole time my car was getting worked on. I got back from Chicago on Thursday. We had to drive down to Raleigh to get my car or to Greensboro to get my car and then drive right back and to be home in time, you know, for the evening and for my husband to go to work the next day. And it was just a lot, but we did it. We handled it. It was hard and now we're over it. And thank goodness it's through. Things I'm feeling vulnerable about. Uh, this one's so vulnerable. I feel vulnerable about helping our kiddo make decisions for their life as a stepmom. So our kiddo is choosing what middle school they want to go to. I obviously have my opinions. My husband has their opinions. Bio mom has her opinions. And the kiddo is having to like make this decision. We're obviously like giving them as much information as we can while also trying to like not put a lot of pressure to do what we think is best. Um, I think that this is like typically where I shine is really just kind of like empathizing with my kids experience, sharing information, trying not to be super biased, but offering insight, you know, and asking good questions. And so I've kind of played that role this weekend and the trouble I've learned over what, like eight years of step parenting is that I may have an idea of what I think is best. But there's really only, we can only ever do make educated guesses. You know, it's never a guarantee that it will be what's best for them. You can only kind of do your best with the information that you have and hope that it works out for the best. And I, it's just so much pressure, uh, especially as a stepmom, because it feels like a role. I'm in the exact right role for my relationship to my kid but it may not be the role that bio mom thinks I should be in, you know? And granted, like we parent at our house the way we parent at our house and she parents at her house the way she parents at her house. And like, that's okay. And also, oh, the stress (laughs) and the pressure and this, like this, like intense desire to get it perfect for bio mom, for the kiddo, for my husband, for me, of just like, really making sure that everyone gets heard um and that also like includes me which my husband's amazing at i basically just you know i get heard through him and that works great but yeah it's just it's just a lot and it's very very vulnerable so that's wrap that vulnerability piece up i we decide tonight so 
that will be off the plate soon and that's going to be great. <laughs> and then what I'm feeling proud of is that listening to my body, not pushing myself past what feels sustainable, right? Ending the day with something left in the tank and that feels really good. And my core desired feelings. So this week I will feel energized by switching up the days that I go to the gym. So typically I go to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but those are actually like pretty intense work days for me. So I'm going to switch it up and do Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And then I'm going to feel sociable um, because we're planning a dinner with some friends before they move out of town this weekend. And I'm going to an event at my husband's school. So that will be very social for me. And then I'm going to feel free by letting my lighter days be light instead of filling my time up with like more tasks just to knock as much out as possible. I'm going to let them be easy, let them be light, let them be restful. And then my self-care challenge last week was to take a leisurely walk alone, which I did. I took a walk around our neighborhood, looked at all the blooms, talked to the neighbors. It was very fun. And then this week, I'm going to unplug from socials for 12 hours. So I'll probably do that on Sunday and I'll report back on Monday. And then what's coming up in terms of content this week on the podcast? Wednesday, we'll talk about the three centers of intelligence. Friday, I'm answering a question texted into the podcast phone line about core woundings in the Enneagram. So this week is an invitation to either end your day with more in the tank or embrace a bit of good stress to get closer to your goals, depending on which you need. And let's end today with a quote from Tara Stiles. Working toward balance takes a lot of ingredients. We need courage, reflection, attention, action, and a push and pull relationship between effort and relaxation. All right, friends, thank you so much for joining me. As always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you, and I will see you Wednesday for the next one. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.